I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. In my own search for self-understanding, I have met people from all walks of life. I bring to you a taste of these encounters. Welcome back to Outer Travel in a Journey. On my show today is Amanda Rose from Portland, Oregon. I'm very much looking forward to speak to her. So, Amanda Rose, hello, welcome to the show. Thank <laughs> you. It's so nice to be here and see your face. Mm, it's been such a long time since we saw each other. We have been messaging. Mm -hmm. So, this is not. Uh, I was just thinking the beauty of the internet, you know, just it keeps coming back to me how beautiful it is, even though it can be devastating. But the flip side of the coin is still the beauty. We can stay in touch <laughs> and true. do these things like today. Yeah. So for the eager listener, we have to give a little bit of information about you. Um, so yeah, Amanda Rose, um, currently living in Portland and you're a pleasure coach. And now I've kind of deleted my notes and so I think I pass on the word to you straight away you probably can describe yourself better than I can so there you go yes it's funny I have a few ways to describe myself I call myself a sex educator because I'm passionate about sharing quality sex education with people um, it's something that I feel was really lacking in my life and a lot of people I know didn't get a lot of um, clear knowledge and education around sexuality yeah. and pleasure and how to turn somebody on how to turn yourself yeah. on so that's a big part of what I do and I'm also a certified erotic blueprints coach so I teach a specific modality to help people tune into their pleasure which is the erotic blueprints and I also call myself a pleasure advocate because mm. that's something that I'm always just putting forth first is like let's create a life that is fueled by pleasure that contains tons of pleasure so that you are basically living in a way that allows you to fill yourself up first so that you can serve from your overflow and here comes all the questions in my head already because amana you arrived of course in kind of seeking out that kind of coaching yourself and i know you from a complete different kind of past so you know yoga student the tarot oil advocate as well as kind of moving into different career ends and so what happened I mean in in a short way what was for you the tilting point of arriving and seeking out maybe advice in this area it's a good question you know I was thinking a lot of this journey began around the time that we met when I was first living in Portland and I was mm. studying Ayurveda and yoga. It was right before I got into the essential oils and my focus was really on the body. I was curious about the body, the human body and how can we use our bodies to, well, how can we affect change in our bodies? First of all, that was yeah. the Ayurvedic standpoint. Like how can we create healing in our bodies through habitual um, things like how we eat and how we sleep and how we, you know, Uh, work with the seasonality of the world and that brought me into the oils and 
what I was getting was kind of a holistic look at my body and how it was working. And I was able to, through making Ayurvedic changes and dietary changes and sleep changes and lifestyle changes, get my body to be feeling good. But there was mm -hmm. something that was missing for me. There was some mm -hmm. deeper element of pleasure that was missing in my body. So it's like my body was healthy, everything was working, but it was just like a little, it's almost like there was a little hole in my life and I didn't quite know, I didn't quite know how to fill it. And what I realized was that it was coming down to, I wanted to be having more, better sex. Mm. I was in a relationship. We'd been in a relationship for a long time, loved my yeah. partner, but things had sort of stalled out. We were having a lot of trouble um, communicating with each other around mm. what we wanted. I didn't even know what I wanted was really what it came down to. Um, I just knew I wanted more, if that makes sense. So it was like sort yeah. of just grasping energy. I was looking outside of me for, for what was going to fill me up. And it wasn't like I wanted to take a lover or break up with my partner and do something new. I, I really wanted to bring that back into our relationship and bring some of that excitement and joy mm. and adventure from our earlier days together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's so nice that you say you wanted more sex because I don't think you talk just about the act because following you um, around on Facebook, you know, that's what we do when we know each other and then we kind of lose touch um, in communication. Then we kind of at least get the little hints. And you've been talking a lot about um, the stimuli we can get from day-to-day -day life, which kind of can trigger these perceptions of pleasure. So when you talk about sex, or do you just mean like also the physical, tantrical, maybe exchange we're hinting at here, I almost um, find. That's also another question I have. Is this blueprint sex educator, is that based on um, Tantra? So two questions, too much, but let's start with the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, maybe what would be helpful is if I could at some point just kind of go through the different blueprints very quickly so you get a sense of what they are, because yeah. <clears throat> that would, I think, answer your question. One of the blueprints is very much um, the, the Tantric sort of, it, they call it the energetic blueprint. So the energetic mm -hmm. blueprint is somebody who is turned on by space, tease anticipation they like eye gazing from across the room they like to do you know breath tantric breath work and feel their spirits commingling in the space between them so there's a mm. lot of like <clears throat> energetic play that can come mm. with the energetic blueprint and what's so interesting about the energetic blueprint is sometimes people don't realize that they are the energetic blueprint and they think that there's something wrong with them because they're with a partner who's much more direct sexually and they want to just, yeah. so but often we get a coupling between an energetic and a sexual blueprint and they're mm -hmm. kind of diametrically opposed in terms of sexual styles. So mm -hmm. when we often get couples coming to us saying, it's not working, we're sexually incompatible. That's actually not true. They're just mm -hmm. speaking two different languages. So the energetic is over here, desperately craving space. They want mm. space to feel safety in their nervous system before they connect. And the sexual blueprint, on the other hand, is just like, let's get to it. They like nudity, genitals, penetration, you know, they, yeah. it's yeah. like, sex is uncomplicated to a sexual. So, mm -hmm. Each blueprint has <clears throat> what we call like superpowers and shadow sides, right? So mm. the energetic superpower is they can have 
full body orgasms without even being touched, right? They mm-hmm. can they can go to the outer realms of the universe <laughs> through their sexuality. <laughs> but the and they can also like the energetic is the same person that you know who is so energetically sensitive that, that when they walk into a room, they feel everybody's energy in the room, right? So that's yeah. a superpower. But the flip side is, of course, the shadow is energetic can get turned off really, really mm. quickly, really easily. Their energy yeah. can get overwhelmed, um, mm. close too fast. It's a total turnoff and their, their arousal can just disappear like that. So when you get an energetic and a sexual together, the sexual superpower is they're ready to go. They're ready to have fun. They bring the fun to the party. They want to have orgasms and it's great. And they want to have sex in order to relax. Mm. Like, needs to kind of get it out of the way. Then they can be relaxed and present. So the sort of shadow of the sexual is that they often don't identify with the other blueprints. Like that doesn't make yeah. sense. Sex is very straightforward. This whole like eye gazing across the room thing is just not going to work. Turning. Yeah. <laughs> laborious I would say laborious right <laughs> and confusing and weird and like mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of energetics find themselves um often not honoring their blueprint because they don't really understand it and so mm-hmm. they allow themselves to have their boundaries crossed in various ways they put themselves in positions that maybe don't satisfy their need for safety in their nervous system mm. and can wind up becoming really shut down and deciding I don't want sex. This is this isn't fun for me. Isn't pleasant. Um, so it's the blueprints are about um, about figuring out what is your unique wiring for arousal. Mm. And that brings me then straight to what you want. I mean, like I'm trying to trace this back and tie it all together because. I know that, you know, you're in love with your partner and that you tried, you know, like you, you went out and did long, you know, you did that trail, you know, where you have to, can you remind what trail it is like in the, the States? Pacific uh, Crest Trail. <laughs> yeah, the Pacific Crest Trail where you have to get, you know, food dropped into a certain area so you can pick it up there. So it's not that you haven't been trying, but in Timothy, um, when it feels like something is missing sometimes it's that intimacy that we start to create when we meet somebody new that's what I'm hearing you say and then uh, we we kind of met up very quickly and we overlook what the other person is delivering on the sexual level and then until it kind of frizzles out because if everybody runs their own protocol or blueprint, as you call it, it's just, you know, it's not going to match. But at that point, you have established an, a different relationship where you know that there is hopefully more behind <laughs> what you want from each other. And of course, you can create an intimacy in sharing fears and whatever, but it comes really back um, to to what is so divinely given to us, you know, that we can unite in this sexual manner which doesn't need to be a whole kind of um, feast on whatever you know sex all the time but it's is that right is that something that you were really actually looking for I'm just making this up while I'm mm, yeah you know it's so interesting because when I think about what brought me to this work and what I see over and over again with with other clients people approaching this work is I really thought I wanted to hire a coach so she could teach my lover to please me, (laughs) right? 
Yeah, nothing wrong with me. <laughs> nothing wrong with me. <laughs> He's the one who needed some lessons because yeah. it wasn't happening and it was all his responsibility. Mm. And what I learned, the deepest lesson I learned is, and this maybe come back to one of your previous questions about pleasure, is that what I learned is I needed to be responsible for my own pleasure. I mm. needed to learn what my body wanted. I needed to know my body better than anybody else. I needed to know how to play my body like the beautiful instrument that it is. And that in giving that responsibility to an, another person, I was giving away a tremendous amount of my personal power. And so really what this journey became was less about sex. Yes, that was the reason that I came into it, but it really became about how do I know myself as a pleasurable, a pleasure-filled being, how can I create pleasure for myself throughout my day, throughout my world, so that, like I was saying, <clears throat> I can fill myself up with pleasure so that when I go out in the world, not only am I magnetizing people to me, like when you're full of pleasure, like internally, just yeah, people, I want some of that, you know? And so you fill yourself up, your partner is drawn to you. You know, you're the person pumping yeah. your gas is drawn to you um, yeah. and you yeah. are full and you have the ability to give without depleting. And I think especially for people who have been raised as women, we have a lot of social conditioning around putting ourselves first, putting our pleasure first. I know in my culture, we've got a lot of um, a lot of like expressions around pleasure, like guilty pleasure, pleasure, something you have to be guilty about um, mm. pain, mm. no gain, you know, patience. Mm -hmm. Pleasure should always be put. And I think this is like an old puritanical religious thing. Like pleasure should be not be of this lifetime. Pleasure is for heaven. When you've done all the hard work of living this life, pleasure yeah, it's comes a religious kind of, um, yeah, I, I don't think it is. Um, you're on right because it's, you're, I mean, you're correct. <laughs> Let's say it this again. I, I think you're totally right because this came in with um, the church, right? That's where they found that they kind of made this so they can divide um, and rule. You know, that's what the church was trying to do. But in pagan societies, there wasn't that kind of on take on pleasure. So yeah, that's very, very modern, as you say. And you, know, you posted something so lovely, which reminded me of why I thought like, yeah, that's going to be an interesting conversation where you feel where you can feel that guilt around like having that I, I'm trying to, to capture what you said last on Facebook and it was so beautifully put where I thought yeah I mean we've all been yeah this kind of sense of like I can I can look sexy but I'm not to you know like I, I shouldn't be sexual you know and I these kind of oppose the, the things that seem so classic that we see, you know, on screen and um, dancers represent that a lot, you know, or rock pop stars and, and we all want that. And at the same time, we want safety, maybe also for us and respect and all that. Yeah, I love that post. Um, Sovereignty and agency around our sexuality. Yes. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to speak for all cultures, but my culture has really... I think not, I mean, I have very destructive ideas around gender roles, right? Mm. Um, you know, what it means yeah. to be a man and what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a sexual man and a sexual woman. And 
the rules aren't the same across the board, you know? <laughs> they are not, unfortunately, still not, no. And um, so coming to um, the other thing that we started with, where you said, like, you know, I didn't know that this was filmed, you know, and immediately um, we, we both start flicking our hair and seeing if this all is set up. And I thought like, but yeah, if you're, it doesn't matter, you know, everybody can look beautiful. And you mentioned it earlier in like, when you are full of pleasure, for example, if you're freshly in love, that's a sense of pleasure to me as well. And you go out and everybody wants to talk to you. I mean, I got that a lot in Berlin when I fell in love with my husband here and uh, people that I would have never thought started talking to me. It's just that joy, you know, and that's why I thought it was also a little bit more related to the tantric yogic scene, not what you said, you know, like, I, I think that's a, a different tantra we're talking about where you say across the room and all that, but that sense of really everything is pleasurable and we are joy and we can radiate that from moment to moment and not all the time, of course, you know, but um, you're not going to run around like high on pleasure 24 seven. So not to mistake that, I think that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, and that comes up, right? Like I, I think when I started to do a lot of like, everything's orgasmic, like let, some people were like, um, Amanda, it's not okay to, to be happy all the time. Like that's not a realistic thing. And I had to, to draw it back and be like, that's not, pleasure is not happiness, right? Pleasure is actually being alive. I keep going like this. It's something, the visual I get is just all of your chakras in line, your energy's flowing through you. And maybe you're sad. Maybe what you're experiencing is sadness or anger or grief. But if you can be present and alive with what is happening in your body, that to me is pleasure, even if it yeah. looks like tears, right? Yeah. But isn't pleasure is when you take your emotion that you're feeling and you're afraid to experience it. So you stuff it away or you mm. ignore it or you run away from it. That is like the antithesis of pleasure. You're cutting yeah. yourself from your yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, um, it's just about becoming present and because most of the you know healing philosophies and ancient philosophies talk about uh, they don't talk about positive and negative but they talk about the charge something has you know so when you're when you feel extremely frustrated that is a lot of energy it's the same kind of amount of energy as if you're extremely happy and it's just a matter of how are we going to facilitate that to ourselves, not into the, into the projection of the outside world, but in having an experience with that frustration. And that's almost like a relationship then, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a question though. You said something about if you have the different blueprints and you gave a really good opposing pair, how many are there for you said? Or? Five. Five. Okay. We did the two, the energetic and the sexual. Yeah. So that was obviously a, a super opposing pair. Um, but when you fill yourself up with pleasure, as you say, you know, if you become the center of your own universe, so to speak, for a moment and seeing that everything around you desires you, you know, and you are also desiring everything around you because the world is beautiful. It's, you know, it depends on how we look at it. 
what happens then when the attraction starts and somebody comes with their other blueprint as you said you know if somebody is like a physical kind of full-on person it does it doesn't bring you further along the path of healing your relationship with your partner does it well in this work typically what we do is each individual and in, so maybe you're working with a couple maybe you're a single person that's what's so great about this work too is that you doesn't it doesn't matter what what your sexuality is, what your gender is, what your relationship style is. It's really, if you have a body, you would benefit from exploring your erotic blueprint. And what the work involves is pretty, pretty much getting a really good, solid picture of your blueprint, whatever that mm -hmm. is. Yeah. And then we take you through a process of how do you, how do you learn to feed that blueprint? Mm -hmm. So an energetic gets fed very differently than a sexual or a sensual or a shapeshifter. Um, so learning how to feed yourself within your blueprint is critical. And then we also go through like, how do you speak in your blueprint? How do you move? How do you actually fully embody your blueprint, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then there's always a stage within there where we work on healing. So mm. what are the obstacles that you're facing around, um, your enhanced sexuality? What are the shadows that are showing up that, you know, got put in there early on, where, where are your sources of shame that are keeping you held back? Mm. And then once you go through that whole process, the last thing is expansion. What do you want to expand into? So maybe you want to expand into your partner's blueprint. That's a great thing for couples to do, to expand mm. into. Oh, I'm losing you. Hold on. I have to adjust something one moment. Okay. Okay. So we lost you at the point when you kind of said, you know, when you get to know the depth of your blueprint on both sides, shadow and light, um, then we lost you. You know, that's where we didn't hear it on at least so in the recording. The final thing that we do once you've gone through the feeding, speaking, healing your blueprint is expanding. So what mm. do you want to expand into next? And if you're with a couple with um, two different blueprints, I would say learn your blueprint first and then expand into your partner's blueprint. So you learn how to speak your partner's sexual language. Mm. And then mm. even if you don't have the same blueprint, you still have the ability to meet each other and feed each other in each other's blueprints and that is probably the most healing thing you can do in a relationship yeah because ultimately like a partner's desires almost always you know i want her i want him to feel well you know like that is something we do care about our partners and so that's a way of saying like i do care you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. if you know your blueprint so well when you come to um a lovemaking session already fed yourself like you like I know how to feed my blueprint so I show up to love making fully fed like I can feed myself so I come ready to play not needing to be given something if that makes sense mm -hmm. so what has shifted for you overall since you kind of started this work and engaged it with it more deeply everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything different um I mean, our relationship has improved 
dramatically in terms of our ability to communicate with each other. That's what the blueprints really gave to me was a uh, was language. I didn't mm. I didn't understand these different sexual styles. I didn't know where I fit into. And when I first heard them, I was it's like a light bulb went off, and I was like, oh my god, that's me. And oh, and I know that person too. And I know that person. Like that's my mom. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it's they are sexual styles, but they're also personal styles of being or energetic styles of moving through the world. So that's fascinating. And I think mostly the biggest thing for me, aside from like the blueprints were a huge needle mover in terms of getting me moving in the direction I wanted to be going. But Mm -hmm. it's been so empowering for me to take responsibility for feeding my pleasure. I feel like I can do anything. Like I can do anything just with this body. I can go anywhere. I can love anyone. I can, I can create anything that I want to create. And I didn't always feel that way. So Mm. there's something I'm working with. It's almost like sex magic, but it's like pleasure creation is what I'm kind of circling around is like, how can we take this newfound knowledge of how to feed our bodies and how to fill ourselves with pleasure to take that energy into creating whatever it is we want because our sexual energy is essentially our creative energy yes. right like our sacral chakra is is the seat of our our creation so maybe you want i mean if you think about like the most gross physical version of sexuality is like you male and female come together and you create a baby but you don't have to create a baby with your creative potential you could create a book or a business or um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or home whatever you want you know mm-hmm. do that from a place of pleasure and empowered creation <clears throat> not just accidental creation feels really important to me beautiful journey um yeah i think we spoke for quite a while. So is there something that you feel like you want to add? And I haven't asked for it yet. Is there something that you feel like some we need to hear, the listener and I? I guess one thing that I would add <clears throat> is that something that's come clear for me lately We have sort of elevated one set of energies over the other. And and I call them masculine and feminine energies, but I don't love that gendered term because we all, every individual has both energies, right? We all have the Mm -hmm. capacity to be in a state of control or surrender, to be Mm -hmm. in a state of um, assertive independence or um, intuitive community and collaboration. Mm -hmm. And we have elevated the masculine energies so much that it's causing a lot of destruction. So my invitation, I guess, for people is to, is to just look inside and see where, where those energies are coming up for you throughout the day. And, and is there a way that you could honor and, and elevate your feminine energies as you go out into the world? Because I think we need a lot more of that. 
Yeah, um, and also not to get lost in the elevated. Uh, I, I feel like there can be two spectrums. I know a lot of women that go that are very assertive and at the same time very fragile, high high percent, high sensitive, and um, and we can get lost in one or the other and naming one or the other better. You know, like oh, I wish I was assertive right now when we feel fragile and when we're fragile. <laughs> Um, and when we're assertive, we think like, oh, you know, this is not really me. This doesn't sit so well. So it's about finding also the balance next to allowing that other side of us to be there whenever it kind of comes through. And maybe also giving it more a chance, like you say, you know, and being aware. That's what you're talking about all the time. I have feel, I almost feel like it's almost becoming more aware of all of the outside world and how it kind of interacts with my own inside world. Yeah. And if you feel fragile, be fragile and don't see it as weak or bad or, you know, there yeah. we, there's a lot of judgments around our feelings. So just, yeah. yes, be, just be, don't do. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Nice. The labeling, you know, we're talking about labeling here and how we almost have to label one that's why you said you don't want to call it feminine and masculine and that's what you know that was my initial thought I know I wanted to wrap up here but that was my initial thought maybe you can say a little bit why did they need to give it a name like blueprint you know and uh, you know this kind of sexual educator blueprint is all very kind of hype I almost feel like I'm, and I don't mean to you know miscredit what you're doing I'm just feeling it's why is there that i think it was i think in some ways it's it's just it's for simplicity's sake it gives people a framework that they can hold on to whereas if you talk about this in a more vague sense it's harder for people to really to match up it's sort of like the love languages right it's how do you give and receive love this is pretty much the exact same thing but it's mm. with a specific mind towards eroticism and turn on and arousal like how how are you aroused in the world mm. and um yeah it's a it's a it's a typing system so some people might not find it helpful you know depending on your personality but most people love it because they've never been given any anything like this before it doesn't really yeah. exist right you're mm. either asexual bisexual homosexual heterosexual like those that doesn't cover the blueprints, right? Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a lot of languaging around sexual styles. Um, the so I think people- We do, we do. I mean, like if you go into that area, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert, but the LBTGQ plus, you know, like is showing more and more how we're looking for names to, to express what we're expressing. And I find it almost like, disheartening to see that we have to label everything like that you know this is a woman who wants to be a man but at the same time she he wants to you know, and it becomes so complicated as if I would have to say I want my my coffee like the Americans you know like you have all these kind of large extended coffee names for not coffee names but you know like how you want it with soy and decaf and uh, I don't know what and that sounds to me what's happening sometimes in the world of sexuality that, that we're trying to to be specific in a way that we understand our needs but that way sometimes yeah 
Yeah, sorry, this is just the European view. No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, and I think that I'm there's there's so much good stuff happening right now. And I and I think it's a it's a response to the fact that there was just I mean, when I think about my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation. I mean, it was just one relationship style available to you and you either fit in and you were normal or you weren't, right? And mm. uh, having having freedom to, to talk about different styles and, and freedom to express ourselves in different ways feels like a huge step in the right direction. People are so repressed yeah. about their sexuality, you know? Yeah. Anything to get people out and expressing and free and shame is the killer, right? So anything that can decreased shame is yeah and we're coming to the height of it i think you know like as you say there's more education around it there's more understanding around it and the more we label it we also might notice that we just are you know who we are an expression of the divine in whatever way it comes and the more we accept it the more we can, you know, live in contentment, I would almost say, you know, because happiness is so easily misunderstood. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, happy in, in the deepest sense, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Happy yeah. just being present, being alive, being aware of your aliveness and your divinity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Thank mm -hmm. you. This is so fun. Yeah, it was fun. I loved it. And thank you, dear listener, for coming along in this sex education for today. And <laughs> we'll see you at the next show. Bye.